Amen. I'd like to welcome everyone tonight, and especially if you're a guest tonight. We're so glad to have you in service. If you're joining us online tonight, we welcome you as a part of this service. Pray that you're blessed by it tonight as well. I believe that I have come tonight to make a prophetic declaration. It's my goal to never just preach a sermon, but messages are, have different purposes, and different goals. But I've come to declare something here tonight, and I trust that somebody will release some faith in this sanctuary tonight to join with me that God can do not only tonight what He wants to do, but as we move forward into the future, what He wants to do. I am going to um, read and preach, I think, so you may be seated, but don't sit down. Hallelujah. I like Brother, uh, how Brother Foster say it? Sit down, but get ready to jump back up. Is that what he said? I, I forget. I used this passage last Sunday night as a part of my message. And I feel like, I think it was Monday, the Lord directed me back to a portion of it. To be honest, very honest, I did totally remember that I had read basically the chapter last Sunday night. But I don't know of a scripture that gets old. And Amen. I think you probably could preach the same verse every service and... God goes so deep it can be something new every time. Hallelujah. Praise God. Reining myself in for a moment. Amen. So Isaiah 43, starting with verse number 1. Isaiah 43 and 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. Last week I read to you, he says, I've called you in righteousness. He said, I will be with you and I will Hold your hand. The Lord comes back in the very next chapter and repeats basically the same things. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When, verse 2 says. Somebody say, when. Not if. It's not an if. It's a when. The psalmist said in Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk. Not if I walk, not possibly or maybe, but he said, I'm going to go in the valley of the shadow of death, but I'm going through it. And the Lord says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, anybody walking in the fire tonight? 
Anybody feel like you're walking in the fire tonight? That doesn't mean you're out of the will of God. That doesn't mean you've messed up. That doesn't mean God has is punishing you. Sometimes the path leads through the river and sometimes the path leads through the water and sometimes the path leads through the fire. But he says when you pass or when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. I'm going to let you go through some stuff, but if you'll just be patient and if you'll just trust me when it's all over with and I get Get done with what I'm doing. You're not going to look like what you came through. You're not going to smell like where you've been. I can bring you through the fire and the fire not even do anything to you. Why is all of that the case? For I am the Lord thy God the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee, since thou wast precious in my sight. Thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for for thy life. Anybody here tonight that you really believe that you are precious in his sight? He loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Since thou was precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not. Yea, though I walk... Through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why will I not fear any evil? For one reason, thou art with me. And so he says here, fear not. Why? Because I am with thee. I don't know what you're going through tonight. And as simple as it is, can I remind you that he is with you. He has not abandoned you. He will not abandon you. And the bottom line is, He cannot abandon you. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east. I will bring thy seed from the east. I don't know about you, but I'm getting a little tired of the battle and questioning and doubting things that God has said He would do. He said, don't fear it because I've said I will do it. I'm going to bring your seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Even every one that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Hmm. 
Bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this and show us former things? Let them bring forth their witnesses that they may be justified or let them hear and say it is true. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me, that you may know and believe me, that you may know and believe me, that you may know and believe me. That no matter what your circumstances are, you may know and believe me. That no matter what the outcome looks like it's going to be, you may know and believe me. That no matter how bad things seem to be getting, you may know and believe me. And understand that I am He. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I, even I, am the Lord, not a Lord, the Lord. And beside me there is no Savior. I'm not just a Savior. I am the Savior. I have declared and have saved. And I have shown when there was no strange God among you. Therefore ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I... Am God. Yea, before the day was, I am He. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? Now, based on other translations, It seems that this phrase, the way it's translated in the King James, sort of is a little bit unclear. Who's going to let me? Because when you read some of the other translations, it's a little bit different message than that. The Amplified says it this way, Yes, from the time of the first existence of day, and from this day forth, I am He. And there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. So here's that last part. The King James, he says, I will work and who will let it? The Amplified says, I will work and who can hinder or reverse it? I'm going to do something. And who is there that has the power or the ability to stop me from doing what I'm going to do? And if you don't know the answer to that, let me just tell you. No one. The 
the living Bible says it this way. From eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can oppose what I do. No one can oppose what I do. No government. No spiritual power. No one can oppose what I do. Oh, hallelujah. No one, no one, no one. Your boss is not the issue. Your spouse is not the issue. Circum, the economy is not the issue. Because if God's doing it, no one can oppose it. The New Living Translation says it this way, from eternity to eternity, I am God. I don't know if anybody cares or not, but just a very important point, God will never cease to be God. He will not be replaced, and He will not fail. He will not get old and die. The, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs National Football League team started off the year, I think, 5 or 6-0. and oh. I'm sure there was a lot of excitement if you're a Chiefs fan at that start. And then they hit a slump. And then the last several games of the season, they started winning again. And yesterday, they played their first playoff game at home. means they were the favored team. And they lost by one point. They're going home. They're done. (laughs) If you're a Chiefs fan, sad news. Although there's a bunch of the rest of us that didn't even have anything to get excited over for one playoff game. My my point is, man-made or human things have no guarantee of succeeding. They may at times look like they're going to succeed and you have great expectations and then it all falls apart. And so we do not know what human beings come up with if it will succeed or not. But I'm not here tonight talking to you about a human being. And I'm not here promoting to you some human being. I'm talking about the God who exists from eternity to eternity. And beside Him there is no God. And He says, no one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to work. And who is big enough? Who's bad enough to stop it? If it's not happening yet, if it's not being done yet, it's not because there's someone big enough to stop it. It's just because God has not decided enough is enough. Because when God decides enough is enough, there is no thing, there is no one who has the power or the ability to stop what God does. 
I think one of these nights I'm going to preach until everybody stands up at some point. I'm going to work. I'm going to work. And who is going to stop it? I'm going to do what I'm going to do. You and I aren't going to stop it. The only thing that we may do is prove that we're not going to be a part of it. But if you and I don't do our part, God's not going to not do His part. If you and I don't come through, God's not going to throw His hands up and say, Oh, well, I guess it's not going to happen. He can find somebody else. He's given me the opportunity, but if I don't take advantage of the opportunity, there's somebody somewhere else that's just waiting on the opportunity for God to choose them. And they're willing to buy in. It's not time for us to go crawl in the corner somewhere and hide and, and, and endure somewhere in the corner until Jesus comes. He said He's coming back for a glorious church. A glory. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what we go through and I don't care how messed up or beat up we may get sometimes. It's not over. Rejoice not against me. Oh, my enemy, don't get too excited when I fall. And I'm going to fall. But the reason you better not get too excited is because when I fall, I shall arise. And you might as well accept it. A righteous man falls seven times, but he doesn't stay down when he falls. He gets back up again. And because of the blood of Jesus and the grace and the mercy of God, I may have fallen, but it's not over. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I have sent to Babylon and have brought down all their nobles and the Chaldeans whose cry is in the ships. I don't know. I, I don't. Maybe there is some group of people somewhere that's controlling the world. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. But what I do know is this: there is no human being, there is no group of human beings that is more powerful than him. You can sit around and be afraid of what man is scheming up and what man is trying to do, but I'm going to choose to put my trust in the Lord. Joseph said it this way to his brothers when they showed up in Egypt. What you meant for evil, 
What you meant for evil, God did for good. So the best laid plans of mice and men, God can use them for the fulfillment of His plans and His purpose. Oh, hallelujah. Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake. I have brought down all their nobles and the Chaldeans whose cry is in the ships. I am the Lord, your, your Holy One. I'm not just a Holy One. I am your Holy One. Oh, hallelujah. Man, if I told you tonight I had a million dollars to give you and I gave it to you, you'd go crazy. And I'm telling you that the Holy One the Ancient of Days, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Great I Am is your God. My God. Not just a God, but He's my God. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea. (laughs) Makes a way in the sea. Makes a path in the mighty waters. Come on, really, what what good is it for God to make a way on a ten-lane, freshly paved highway? He said, I'm going to show you what I can do. I'm going to make a way in the sea. And my path is going to be in the mighty waters. You can't judge God's path for you based on circumstances. And if everything lines up, and if everything's perfect, then it must be God. He said, I'm going to make a way in the mighty waters. When the children of Israel got ready to cross the Jordan to go into the promised land, it was not the optimal time of the year to cross the Jordan, because it was at the time at which the Jordan had overflowed its banks. God says, I'm not just going to do what shouldn't be done. I'm going to do it at the least opportune time. I'm going to make a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters, which bringeth forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinct. They are quenched as tow. Now listen, listen to this next verse. Now obviously, you got to take, you, you can't take one scripture all by itself and just stick with that one scripture. You got to use it in the proper context and use it in balance. But look at what he says here in this verse. Remember ye not the former things 
neither consider the things of old. The Living Bible says, says it this way, and it lets us know that he's not talking about not remembering the bad things. He's not talking about forgetting the difficulties in the past. The former things, considering the things of old, he's not talking about forgetting the bad days and the tough times you went through. He's actually talking about the opposite of that. He's talking about the good things and the good times and the blessings and the victories. The Living Bible says it this way, but forget all that. Because it is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Maybe if I'd have prayed a few more hours and fasted a few more days this week, I'd have a better anointing tonight. I'm being sarcastic. As the bishop would say, sarcasm alert. Forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. The New Living Translation, but forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. And that sounds a lot like the Living Bible, doesn't it? By the mouth of two or three witnesses. Forget that. Forget the warehouse. Forget the YMCA. I feel a song coming on. We are standing on holy ground. Brother Right, you just say that? Forget the why? Oh, forget what happened at the why and all those people that pray. Really? Brother Wright, forget the warehouse? Forget what God did and all those folks that got the Holy Ghost at the warehouse? Brother Wright, how dare you? I'm just reading you the scripture. Forget it! Forget it because I'm going to do something exceeding abundantly above what you could ask or think. You know what? Here's part of our problem. I actually looked online. I, I, I did, you know, Google. Google is the Google is the answer for the world today. Above it, there's no other. I, I, I did. I didn't do any major research. I just did a quick search. But there, there, we have a tendency. It is a part of human nature. We have a tendency to romanticize the past. And we see it through filters. And there's some of you here, well, uh, we could just go back to the old Antioch. I know, the old Antioch. Y'all, y'all just blew it up every single service and people just cry. Every, I know, that's, 
No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. I'm sorry, it wasn't. I was here too. Well, we used to, we used to always do this, or we used to always do that. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. We had dead services then too. We struggled through some times then too. Every sing, oh boy, I shouldn't say that, but I, every single song did not say the name of Jesus. It didn't. I'm sorry, but it didn't. Every single song did not mention the blood. It did. I'm sorry. I know some of y'all say it didn't, think it did, but it didn't. I know them. I know them better than you do. I know songs you don't even know. We see through these filters. So it probably wasn't quite as good as you thought the good old days. The good old days. The good old days. But here's the bottom line. There were some good things. There have been some good things. There have been some great things. But God says, I don't want you dwelling on that, what I did then, because I haven't done my best already. Because the way I do it is I save the best I've got for the last. And the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the glory of the former. Forget all that. Forget it. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. I don't think somebody heard me yet. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man the things that God has already prepared. I said it this morning in the service at the Hispanic Daughter Work. When we, when this change started coming about, we didn't know what the answer was. God did. I used Moses this morning when Moses was coming to the end of his life. God wasn't looking at Moses going, oh my goodness, Moses is about to die. What am I going to do? Before Moses was ever born, God knew when Moses was going to die and who it is that was going to take Moses' place. God's got it all under control. Oh, hallelujah. Forget all that. Forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. All of that, the foundation to get to this. Behold. Behold. I will do... I'm not going to repeat what I've done. I'm not just going to redo what I've done. 
but I am going to do a new thing. And that new thing is going to spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I think we've been in a wilderness. And I think we've been in a desert. And tonight I've come to tell you, we've been right where God wants us. Because God is going to do a new thing. sit there and listen and choose whether or not you respond, I got to preach. And so I'll tell you what I battled since Monday when I felt like God showed this to me and gave me direction to preach it tonight. God, really? Why am I going to preach? You're going to do a new thing. Look at where we've been and look at what we've been going through and we believe for a new thing before and it hasn't happened yet. So why should we believe for a new thing now? Oh, don't stare at me now. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because that's where some of you are living. Brother Right, I hear what you're preaching tonight, but I just don't know if I can get excited again. I've gotten excited before and it didn't happen and I was disappointed. So why should I believe tonight God's going to do a new thing? I'm not just, I'm I'm not just making stuff. I'm telling you what I'm, I'm telling you me, my struggle this week. Come on, God, really? Really, God, you want me to get up and preach? You're going to do a new thing. How about if we just sit back and wait on you to do a new thing, and when it's done, we'll just rejoice over it rather than declare it in advance. Don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now. You know in the end, you're going to win. So why? Why should you and I believe that God will do a new thing? Why should we believe that? Why should we believe, Brother Kimbrell? Why should we get our hopes up that God would do a new thing? Why should we believe that? Let me see if I can give you a few reasons why. When Joseph went from the prison to the palace... That was a new thing. When Moses encountered a burning bush and it talked to him, that, my friend, was a new thing. When he threw a rod down on the ground and the rod became a serpent, that was a new thing. When an entire nation of people had lived 400 plus years in bondage and the deliverer shows up and says, now is the time to leave. That was a new thing. When Moses, excuse me, when the death angel passed through Egypt and all the Egyptian firstborn died, that was a new thing. What do you mean put blood on the doorposts of our house? Because the firstborn of every home that doesn't have blood on it is going to die. What do you mean that's going to happen? That's never happened before. But I'm going to do a new thing. When the children of Israel were trapped at the Red Sea, 
with Pharaoh's army pursuing them. And God put a cloud between them that was darkness to Pharaoh's army and light to the children of Israel. That was a new thing. When Moses lift up his rod at the Red Sea and the waters parted and they walked through on dry ground, that was a new thing. Let me be carnal, real carnal for a second. When Michael Jordan took off from the foul line, That was a new thing. When the Red Sea swallowed up Pharaoh's army, it was a new thing. When manna rained down from heaven in the wilderness, it was a new thing. When they came to the Jordan after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness and the priest stepped in the water carrying the ark of God and the waters parted and they walked through on dry ground, that was a new thing. I might have to add my add to my list here until I get some of you on your feet. When the children of Israel marched around Jericho for six days, and then on the seventh day they marched around seven times, and the walls fell, that was a new thing. When Gideon and his men stood on mountaintops and shouted out the sword of the Lord and of Gideon too and won a great victory, that was a new thing. When Elijah stood on the mountaintop facing down 400 prophets of Baal and called down fire from heaven, that was a new thing. When the widow woman went to the barrel of meal and the cruise of oil day after day and found just enough to make another cake, that was a new thing. When the widow woman went and gathered all the vessels she could gather and took her little cruise of oil that had a limited amount of oil, but as long as there were empty vessels and she poured the oil, there was oil. That was a new thing. When David walked out onto a battlefield with just a sling and a few stones to face a giant and knocked him down and cut his head off, that was a new thing. When Daniel spent the night in the lion's den and the lions never even touched him all night, that was a new thing. When three Hebrew boys 
said we will not bow and were thrown into a fiery furnace and walked around with a fourth man in the fire. That was a new thing. When Jonah got swallowed up by a great fish and spent three nights in the fish and then got puked up on the shore, that for sure was a new thing. When Jesus took pitchers of wine, water and turned them into wine, that was a new thing. When the disciples went fishing and found money in the fish's mouth to pay taxes, Brother Fowler, that was definitely a new thing. When 5,000 plus people, some say, perhaps as many as 20,000 sat listening to Jesus hungry and the disciples said, send them away because we don't have the means to do anything. Jesus said, what do you have? Well, we've got five rolls and two small fishes. Bring it to me. And he blessed it and he broke it and 5,000 plus people ate until they were full and 12 baskets were collected That was a new thing. I'm sorry if I'm boring you because I got some little bit more on my list. I'm almost done. When Lazarus spent four days in a tomb and Jesus said, roll away the stone and Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth and he came hopping out of that tomb bound in his grave clothes. That was a new thing. Jesus stood on the bow of the boat in the midst of waves and wind that were putting, that were causing disciples who were skilled sailors to think they were about to drown. And he stood there and simply looked at all of that and said, Peace, be still. That. When Jesus Spent three days in a borrowed tomb, but somebody rolled the stone away and somebody got him out of his grave clothes and he got resurrected. That when Peter and John are on their way to the temple and the beggar says alms, alms and they look at him and say silver and gold we don't have but what we do have we give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk and he jumped up leaping and praising God that When an angel 
walked into a prison where Peter was locked up and led him, led him past three barriers into freedom. That was a new thing. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's my imagination. Maybe it's just my. Maybe it's the devil. But I just feel like somewhere somebody's. You know, brother, right? It's 2017. We don't have to get quite that way in our preaching anymore. We can dial it down. When 120 people who had been gathered. In an upper room, waiting on something that had never happened. And suddenly, and suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. That was definitely... When a little while later, 3,000 people who were gathered there Heard Peter make a declaration with his preaching and they responded and 3,000 of them began to speak with other tongues. That was a new thing. When Bishop Wright stood in the median 46 years ago and looked at a piece of property that was beyond any reasonable reason to think you could buy and God said make an offer and God provided that, was a new thing. When in just about three or four months, 100 plus kids show up in a public school for a Bible study, that is a new thing. So when God says, Behold! When God says, I'm going to do a new thing, that means it's going to be bigger than the old thing. And when God says He's going to do something, you can mark it down. He's going to do it. Behold, I will do a new thing. God, you got a pretty serious resume for doing new things. When one man and his wife and three sons spent 120 years building a boat because judgment was coming. And they didn't even know what rain was. That was a new thing.
I have only scratched the surface with my list of the new things that God did here. And I've only mentioned two things, I think, that God's done in our lifetime. But He said, I'm going to do a new thing. The good news is that Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. So if he knew how to do new things thousands of years ago, he knows how to do new things in 2017. If he knew how to do things that nobody had ever seen, and nobody had ever experienced before. He has not changed. He is the same. And that means that today, He still has the power and the ability to do a new thing. So remember not the former things, Because I am going to do a new thing. Uh, Maybe I needed a few more things on my list to, to, to sell a couple of you. Brother Wright, my, my situation's been this way for so long. I've been dealing with what, I've been, what I'm dealing with for, for years. I've been going through it for decades. Yeah. But he says, I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to do a new thing. I know I said it. I'm going to say it again. I'm not just going to repeat what I've done in the past. I'm not just going to simply do what I've done in the past. But I'm going to do something new. I'm going to do some things you've never seen before. And so I've come to declare tonight what I believe is a word from God to this congregation. I'm thankful for what God has done in the last 47 years. I'm thankful for everything God has accomplished. But I've come to declare to this congregation tonight that God is about to do some new things. And let me just go a step further. I believe he's about to new, do some new things collectively. In fact, I know that, but let me tell you what else I believe. He's about to do some new things individually. It's not just going to be new things in a broad sense. But I prophesy to some of you tonight that God in your life, in your personal life, is about to do some new things. What year did campus ministry start? Remember when and by what? I know you, it was preceded your 
involvement. Anybody, what, man, what, when did campus ministry, when did we launch campus ministry? 2007, 2000, so 10 plus years, 10 years or so we've been going. Somewhere around there. God is going to do a new thing. God is going to do a new thing. God is going to do a new thing. I, 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 I hope I don't have to defend myself. I think I have enough of a reputation that you know me well enough. This is not my typical language. I don't do this flippantly. So, I prophesy to some ministries tonight. And I know what it's been like. And I know how long some of you have been bearing under the weight and the load. But I've come to tell you tonight, be not weary in well-doing. For in due season, God is going to do a new thing. In fact, in fact, let me just, some of y'all that have had successful ministry in the past, but you've been living in a dry season. Naomi comes home to Bethlehem. And they said, here comes Naomi. She said, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara. Because God has dealt bitterly with me. I went out full, but I came back empty. That may be where things are right now, Naomi. But it's not over with. Because what God had in store for her at the end was greater than anything she had experienced in the beginning. I know, I know a few of you precious folks, Brother Wright, that sounds real good, but I just don't have the strength and the energy, the stamina that I used to have. Yeah, you mean God's got you in a desert? You mean God's put you in the wilderness where the circumstances are adverse? I've come to declare tonight there's some things that are still going to spring forth. And that God is going to do a new thing. Forget, forget the former things. Forget about it. The problem is, even dwelling on the good things in the past. As long as I'm dwelling on the good things, I can't be moving forward. When Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. I personally don't think he was just talking about the bad. I think the good was included in there as well. 
forget what is behind and press towards the mark. I hope I have given you a sufficient list of examples of new things. And let's just be honest for a moment. There's some new things that God could do in our lives that really are not as difficult as parting the Red Sea. They're really not quite that difficult. God doing a new thing in your finances is not more challenging than three guys in a fire and not getting burned and smelling like smoke. It's really not. And so if He's ever done a new thing, He can still do a new thing. And I believe the word of the Lord to us tonight is, I am going here in you in me to do a new thing who said that I just did I am I imagining it or did I just hear somebody over here say this year did you say that God is going to do a new thing this year God in Tony Lewis and the Lewis family is going to do a new thing this year. The scripture says, I believe, therefore, have I thought. I believe. Therefore have I spoken. I challenge somebody in this place right now to begin to release your faith by your spoken word that you believe, God, you're going to do a new thing in us, but you're going to do a new thing in me, not just somewhere in the future, but as Brother Lewis believes, this year. In the name of Jesus, 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 I'm done preaching the response and what you do is up to you. But I will tell you, if you don't mix the word with faith, it won't profit you. Some are already doing it, but I challenge others to mix the word tonight with faith. My future is not just going to be a repeat of my past. God is going to do a new thing. He 
in the name of Jesus. Somebody, somebody help me. I don't remember if it was Elijah or Elisha. But the famine, there was a famine. And he went to the king. And he said, tomorrow, tomorrow, I don't care how long it's been this way, tomorrow there's going to be bread. And one of the king's servants said, not going to happen. I know he wouldn't have said it this way then, because there wasn't a south then like there is now, but if he was from the south, he would have said it this way. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. And the prophet said, It is going to happen. But because of what you said, you will see it, but not experience it. Not only did he see it and didn't experience it, he lost his life in the process. So I know some of you are already down here. To those of you that are already down here, to those of you that have not come yet, and that's fine, whatever reason. I want those that are willing tonight to join me with faith. That you would come down to this altar. And that as a body, we would press our way together in agreement that God, you have said it and we believe it. And I challenge you, if you don't believe it, then do one thing, please. At least just keep your mouth shut. Because if you keep your mouth shut, and when it happens, maybe you'll still be able to get in on it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says if two or three agree, I want you either by a hand or a hand on a shoulder. I want you to make a connection with somebody. And I want us to begin to agree together. We agree together. We agree together that God, you are going to do a new thing. Come on. I know you're already doing it, but I'm encouraging you. Release your faith. Release your faith. Release your faith. Release your faith. Come on, I feel something happening in this sanctuary right now. Come on, I feel something moving in this sanctuary right now. We agree tonight, God, that you're going to do a new thing. We agree tonight. You're going to do a new thing. 
We are forgetting what is behind the good and the bad and we are pressing towards the mark towards your promises towards the fulfillment of your word Things are coming, foundations are shaking, and every curse is You're not done, God. You haven't already done all that you're gonna do. You haven't already done all that you're able to do. You're gonna do a new thing I declare a new thing in ministries tonight I declare a new thing in ministries tonight I declare a new thing in families tonight I declare a new thing in marriages tonight I declare a new thing in bodies here tonight I declare a new thing in finances. I declare a new thing in harvest. Somebody's in a wilderness tonight. Somebody's in a desert tonight. But right where you are, something's going to spring forth. And God is going to do a new thing. He's not going to do the new thing once he gets you out of the circumstances. He's not going to do a new thing once everything is perfect and in order. But right where you are, God is going to do a new thing.